The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the RPGBot.News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And also Ash Eli. Hey, guys. And tonight we have two special guests with us, Greg Tito and Shelly Mazanoble. Hi. Hi. All right, Tyler, what is happening? Uh, well, tonight uh, we have two very special guests, Shelly and Greg. Uh, they are the co-hosts of the Dragon Talk podcast, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. In case you're not familiar with them somehow, uh, Greg is the communications director for Wizards of the Coast, co-host of the Reengage podcast, which discusses Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, he has previously worked for The Escapist, and uh, he's a musical theater aficionado. Uh, Shelley is the brand manager for Wizards of the Coast and the author of Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress, A Girl's Guide to Dungeons & Dragons, as well as Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Dungeons & Dragons. One Woman's Quest to Trade Self-Help for Elf Help, uh, both of which I strongly recommend. Uh, Amazing title. <laughs> I, love a, I love a good long subtitle. It's a good one. It's a good one. All of your books have them. They do. Uh, <laughs> it's the right way to write books. Yeah. Um, Shelly's also a blogger, uh, a semi-professional C-3PO impersonator, and a reality TV connoisseur. <laughs> okay, Nailed now you got- it! <laughs> Look, if you do it at work, it counts as semi-professional at least. I well, agree. Before this podcast <laughs> is over, Shelly, you got to do us at C-3PO. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not good on demand. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen organically. Yeah, I was, was going to say also, <laughs> semi-professional uh, implies that at some point we're going to establish some fees for C-3PO to come out and perform. So. <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk to my agent if you want the C-3PO. No, ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> Our people will talk to your people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Dan, wait, Dan, do we have people? I think I Dan think is our people. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan is our people. <laughs> he raised his hand. He's doing it. He's well, our people now. <laughs> well, Greg and Shelly are here because they have uh, they've recently written a new book called Welcome to Dragon Talk. Uh, it launches later this year, and we're going to discuss what's inside it and all the wonderful things you can get from it. So I, I think it's worth stepping into uh, Welcome to Dragon Talk. A lot of the experiences that are drawn from it are your experiences, uh, both from life in gaming, as well as the Dragon Talk podcast. You're That's correct. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So let's introduce folks a little bit uh, in case folks at home aren't familiar with it. Let's talk about Dragon Talk podcast. It's the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Yes. 
And <laughs> this is usually Greg's usually really good at this part. I know. I was, I was to give you the Greg, Greg, no pressure. No pressure. I'm going to do, do it now. Uh, yeah. So uh, Dragon Talk has been around for a long time. We are about to do our 400th episode. Wow. And I can't believe that number is that high. It uh, started in the first couple of months of where I started being on it in the first couple of months when I started working at Wizards uh, in 2015. Shelly was uh, doing it for uh, several years before then, uh, but I came in and, and, and got it going. And it is about just lifting up the D&D community, finding people who are doing fun and interesting things uh, within the, you know, the D&D hobby, whether they're using it to teach kids or they're uh, creating maps or they're... Um, uh, entertainers and and uh storytellers in their own right and they've used D to be inspired uh and, and keep that uh you know creative juices flowing all of it just comes from this love of everybody who plays this game is like a D party and that they all bring their different powers and talents and and uh, personalities to uh each project that they work on just like they do around the table so it's it's been a it's been a really fun journey and shelly started it all off no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but but somehow I was there. Like nobody can really remember how it started. It's, it's good stories strange. usually start this way. Dragon yeah. Talk's origin story is very much like how a good D and D adventure would begin. It's a mystery. <laughs> nobody knows where it began, who started it, or why I was even involved in it. There's we really don't know. But it was, it was like Bart. It must. It have was been Bart. Bart. It was definitely Bart that. I think he was in his, uh, he was in grad school for digital marketing and it was probably like a topic like, Hey, podcasts could be a thing. And he was like, I'm going to go start one at work. And he really just figured out how to do it. Like downloaded GarageBand onto his computer and invited some people from R and D to talk about D and D and somehow got it up. Uh, and people started listening to it, but it was really sporadic because it was nobody's job to do it. And we didn't have professional equipment. We didn't even have a studio. We didn't even have a room that had a lock on it. So we always had a book conference rooms and occasionally the rooms would get double booked or like we would like go in there with like our microphones and soundboard and like, oh, there's people in here. I guess we have to go find another room. And like sometimes we'd be in a room where you next to the bathroom and you could hear toilets flushing in the background. <laughs> and Something that was, spooky. Yes, that was its humble <laughs> origins. But somehow other hosts kind of fell away. But I just kept showing up. <laughs> Perfect. Persistence and is the key. I don't know how. And then and then Greg's, as he said, started working. When did you start at Wizards? 2015. March 2015. 2015. Greg and I were friends before he started working at Wizards. We had met before and he was sitting right next to me. And I was getting ready to go record the podcast. And I don't even know if we had a guest that day. And I I just said, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? And he was like, yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. I had just started. So it was was this weird period where I came from content production at The Escapist, where it was all about like churning and making stuff as much as possible and using all of your time for making content. And then I got to Wizards and they were basically like, don't do anything. 
just absorb, you know, all the information that you need to get in order to do your job. Like, and it was this weird disconnect I had of like, wait, I'm not supposed to do anything. And so when Shelly's like, do you want to do this thing, which I had done podcasting and stuff when I was at the escapist, I was like, yes, yes, let's do it. Let's, let's, I, I can do something. I can add my own two cents. And I think on that episode, there was four hosts and one guest, uh, <laughs> similar to you guys, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there was the overtime where where we kind of refined the uh, format and added in segments and 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 kind of got it to be this regular cadence and named it. We we called it. It was called the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast at the time, and we were like, <laughs> I think oh, it was it. just called the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I think you I think added right. official even. Yeah, because I was like, we are the only ones who can say that because we actually are wizards. Uh, yeah, so we we're in the that. building. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And Greg is being a little bit humble here. And he says, we, it was him. Like Greg was really the one that was like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) You have, you're just in a conference room with like a crocheted blanket on the table to try to block or muffle the sound. There's toilets flushing behind you. And this podcast doesn't even have a name. <laughs> it's like, don't don't you love it? You haven't even named it yet. What are we doing yeah. here? Oh, and then, like, and then the the other people who were, I think Bart sometimes was the host because he had to because there wasn't anyone else. And then, so he eventually was like, "Greg's got this." Backed away slowly, <laughs> um, and then it just ended up being the two of us. <laughs> that was it. I- I want to say I'm really hoping we're going to get an email from Bart's professor later saying it's like, actually, he turned that thing in for a grade. (laughs) (laughs) I gave him an F for it. (laughs) (laughs) If he hears this or reads about Dragon Talk's origin, he probably would get it. Well, we actually had to research. We we, we put that in the book. Uh, uh, Welcome to Dragon Talk. We had to talk about how the entire uh, uh, process began and started. It's just, it's really funny that it, we just kind of fell into this role of, of lifting up so many other people within the D and D community, but it was fun to go back and, and check out the origins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that's cool in the book is, is you read it and you open it and no matter how familiar you are with the D and D community, how familiar you are with pop culture, uh, you know, with writing, you're going to open this book up and you are going to find essays involving people, you know, so one of the questions I want to ask, like, as it evolved from this thing that you're describing to what everybody knows now, like how have guests changed over time? You know, the different people you're able to reach, the communities that you're able to reach because of the guests that want to come on, you know, how, what's this process been like? It was really uh, awesome. Honestly, I was inspired a little bit by what Shelly and Bart did where they had to talk to Dan Harmon, uh, kind of send up some, some high flyers of people who... Uh, we're like, Hey, you want to talk about this? And I was like, we should do that more and get, you know, more, uh, you know, I don't want to call them necessarily famous people, but just people who, uh, have a little bit of notoriety behind them, uh, and get their opinions and, and, and love of Dungeons and Dragons out there because we were really trying in 2015. Uh, it seems odd to talk about this now, but there was still a little bit of, um, the stereotype of what D and D players were like in 2015. And we were trying to break that mold by saying like, look, all these people, uh, that, you know, and love from shows out there, they're, they're just as nerdy and into D and D, uh, as, uh, the people you'll meet in the game stores and everything like that. And so it was this way of, of, of making the audience know that they were just as cool, if not cooler, uh, than many of the creators that we were coming on. So I think that really did change people's public perception of what uh, the D&D community was like. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed into 
uh, reaching out to other uh, people who are creating content, people who are in streaming became much uh, bigger. I, I talk about this in the book, but I started the the week, March 2015 was the same week that Critical Role started uh, their first campaign on Twitch. And so uh, that was the the bellwether for everything, uh, the growth of the D&D community after that. And so we were just at the right time and the right moment to just be like, oh, yeah, let's talk to let's talk to Matt and let's talk to a lot of the people at Critical Role. Let's talk to uh, other folks who are coming in and being a part of the of of this growing community. Uh, and, you know, it, it went along with a lot of the events that I was trying to uh, create as part of my job uh, and bringing people together and then the dragon talk podcast just became another facet of of getting to know and creating uh this community and and it's worth calling out you know was there anything else important happening for dungeons and dragons around 2015 hmm, i don't know i don't think so you mean not a thing of definitely fifth edition perhaps <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. That's right. just that yeah, yeah that changed a lot for sure uh but <laughs> you know Shelly was actually there working on getting everything going for 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 D&D Next. And I think uh, you mentioned in this book for the first time that you're the person who came up with the term D&D Next. I did. It was, yes. And it was just because we, we had to call it something. And I just wrote it down. Like, this is just a code name for it. And then it was the name. So... <laughs> And then, yeah. it, like the first time you see the D and D next in public, or it's like that was just a code name. What happened? <laughs> no, it's cool. It's... Oh. <laughs> now, did you also name one D and D? I did not. Oh, I darn. wanted to call it D and D nextest. <laughs> well, nexter, you gotta. It rolls right off the tongue. D and D nexter. I am a one hit wonder. <laughs> what? Because then the next edition we need a, a further superlative. More. <laughs> Even more. See? No, this is good. <laughs> it runs in my family. My brother had a cat and he named it Cat. And then he got another cat and he called it New Cat. Oh, really? <laughs> Incredible. And he's on, he's on five new cats. He's like, new, 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 new. Newer, newest, new. Another. I like that naming scheme. It should just be more D&D. And then the one after that, even more in D and D, and then after that, somehow even more D and D. The mostest, more, okay. more mostest. Does anybody remember the movie? Sometimes they come back. I remember the name of that movie, but I don't remember okay. seeing it. That's exactly what it's okay. The sequel to "Sometimes They Come Back" will sometimes they come back again. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a kid i remember thinking because like they i mean these it was like teen slasher like you know 80s classic 80s campy i remember being a kid and thinking it's like i really hope the third one's called damn they keep coming back <laughs> <laughs> never did get that one though um so you know, a lot was happening in 2015 like that's a huge confluence of things so in pop culture uh, we have critical role getting started uh within wizards of the coast the official D&D podcast, Dragon Talk, is like really hitting its own and it's growing. Uh, the guests are coming on. You're able to reach the community in a bigger way. You know, today, there's a lot of really important stuff for the D&D community that's happening on Dragon Talk. We like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. now, now, you both talked about this a lot in the book, but... As, like as you go through the essays in the book, you can kind of trace the history of fifth edition and the podcast, obviously like uh, Omega Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Omega Jones, the essay about her um, and her impact on um, the podcast and on the live streams. That was kind of a turning point culturally for a lot of the D and D community and seeing those 
historical touchstones in the book uh, and how those played out in real life. And like, you can look at the state of the community today and say like, Oh, like this thing that was just like a guest on a podcast had a real significant real world impact on the hobby. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think you're talking about the uh, essay about uh, Tanya to pass. Oh uh, man. And, yeah. So bad well, with names. Well, and, and, and Omega Jones is kind of, you know, follow, follows up on, on this as well, but too. Yeah. Like it was really, one of those, uh, you know, ringing the bell kind of moments and talking to her where I was just like, man, uh, there's so much history with uh, this game. And I did not realize how much uh, real world racism and that can enter into someone's experience, you know, going to conventions and going to game stores and, and feeling. I think I'd kind of possibly, I've been, I've been a fan of, of Tani's for a long time before we had her on. I've been passively kind of seeing what, what she was talking about in the video game world um, and ta having her talk about so uh, honestly about her thoughts and feelings around, uh, you know, different uh, uh, you know, parts of the D&D lore and how it interacted it. Like it really was this wonderful eye opening moment, which meant that I could do something right. I, I actually had an uh, ability to change very small part of the world, but it did feel like, oh, my gosh, there is something that, that can be done. Um, and since then, really, I've made it a point to try to bring in so many people from from varied backgrounds uh, so that it is not just, you know, plain old white dudes with beards. No offense. Uh, <laughs> I, I am one as well. Um, you know, talking about their, their, their D&D uh, campaigns, like I, I think we really do pride ourselves in making sure we have people who, uh, you know, are LGBTQ and 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 uh, from from different areas that are not just, you know, North American centric. Uh, it's it's really been great to see their excitement to be able to tell their stories uh, and not necessarily, you know, make a point of who they are or where they come from, but just be like, oh, there's people like me who are telling these stories and getting to to be a big part of this community. And I really did start with with uh, that that podcast episode on Twitch where I was talking to Tanya. Uh, in that same vein, uh, you guys have had so many episodes, four hundred, and like had probably several like so many hundreds of guests how did you guys narrow down which guests you guys were going to interview for this book hmm. yes so <laughs> the the book is actually more recollections of the interviews we didn't go back sure. and but it was it was hard it was really <laughs> hard it's like being a favorite I kid yeah, like every one of our interviews, we, we're always left with something, you know, there, it touches us in some way. And I think Greg and I are always surprised about how we, we get to talk to some of the most passionate, creative, enthusiastic people in any community every week. And we would never get to know these people or the work that they're doing if it weren't for this common denominator of Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, we would also, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't ever talk to Dan Harmon in real life, but <laughs> because of D&D, &D, you know, we have that in common. So sure. it was, I think for us thinking about like which ones immediately bubbled to the top. And then and I think when we started writing this book, we had probably been, we probably had five years under our belt. It's been a kind of a long process of writing this. So yeah. five years of interviews, like you, almost one a week. So there were some that were, you know, just definitely stayed with us. Um, and it was kind of interesting because when we put together our list of who we wanted to write about, 
we didn't really have it, it wasn't like we had the same exact list like we we <laughs> we had different different lists and because i think people had touched us in in different ways that it was like something that resonated with me on a podcast wasn't necessarily the thing that like Greg loved. Like we both love Christina Ariel. We, she may have been the only one that we were both like, I want to write about her. But, um, <laughs> so that, that one's one. the favorite. But she's like her and I, she's like, she's very special to me. We bonded immediately because of our love of Bravo television and, as Tyler noted, I am a reality TV connoisseur. <laughs> and like, here I am on a D&D podcast and we're, I'm talking to someone about the Real Housewives. I'm like, this is amazing. So obviously I, I got to write about her. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, for listeners, do you want to give a little bit of a preview of kind of what, what did you take away from this essay once you were done with it? With Christina's? Yeah. yeah. So what, what I took away from that is even though I work for the company because I am co-hosting the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast, I am out there just talking about D&D and how much I love D&D and everyone should play D&D. I am not the stereotypical D&D person. And I realize that. And I wrote Confessions of a Part-Time Sorcerer as coming from that place because I wanted to people to realize you don't have to be like, home watching Lord of the Rings and painting your little dragon figures. You can, that's, that's cool. You do you, but that's, you don't have to, to be in this very stereotypical place to love a game like D and was completely surprised that me, I love dungeons and dragons. Cause I, I don't consider myself a typical, I, I don't gravitate towards fantasy normally. Um, but there's something in this game that I think everybody can love and I felt like Christina was someone new new to the hobby, super nerdy, like absolutely <laughs> like a professed nerd, really steeped in like uh, cosplay and the fantasy and comic book culture. And but, you know, had come wanted to play D&D and didn't really get a chance until she was an, an adult to play. She was relatively new, but totally threw herself into it, was appearing on streams, um, just like you could just tell talking to her how much she loved D&D. And in the same breath, she was talking about the Real Housewives of New York. And I <laughs> felt so liberated in that moment. I was like, oh, my God, I do belong in this community. Because this whole time I'm looking at her like she's such you know a great addition to this D&D community. It's so great to have her. What's the difference? Like, I don't have to hide the fact that, like, I'm going to go home and stay up late and write recaps about The Bachelor. Like, who cares? <laughs> I can love both. So I really that was my key takeaway from Christina is like she literally like freed me from this idea that like I if I want to be accepted and, and appreciated in this community, I should probably stop talking about The Real Housewives. Wow, that's tough. OK. In Puerto Rico. We call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You you say that, uh, Tyler, I'm going to shove you under the bus right quick. Oh, if wow. I remember correctly, uh, on the order of like two years ago, Oh no! Yeah, he knows what's about to happen. Come on, Tyler. <laughs> uh, uh, safe space. It's a safe space, Tyler. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, it's a safe space. It's my podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, so my wife is also a large Bravo connoisseur. Yes. Uh, Real Housewives of New York is oh. her show. Oh my god! I want to talk and... to her so. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I. <laughs> Yes, uh, I need to get her to listen to your books. Um, anyway, uh, there was a stretch where my wife was doing a Real Housewives of New York rewatch uh, while I was sitting and working on RPG Bot. Um, and she turns to me and says, why can't there be an RPG about this? Uh, and I told her, you know, <laughs> uh, I have a, a, a horribly, horribly unfinished uh, Google Doc that's about 40 pages of rules for uh, for what I call uh, the real house spouses of Fantasyland. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just wow. Had to shave all the serial numbers off. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's, there's hope. I mean, they've made they've made several different games with uh, based off of Jane Austen. So that's basically like the housewives of of Regency yeah. era. Yes. So yeah, I don't see any reason why we couldn't make a game with the real house. That's <laughs> housewives Cthulhu or something. Yeah. Oh, that, like <laughs> you have, you joke, but but Chaosium's on fire right now. Like they just released Call of Cthulhu Regency, Jane Austen. Where's Call of Cthulhu Real Housewives? I want to see. Chaos. Does your Tyler? Does your wife play D anD D or other RPGs? I. Uh, she doesn't actively play. She has played a couple of times and hasn't yet engaged with it, but we'll get her. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get this her. could uh, be it. This could I, be it. I think you, the challenge is I can't be the one DMing. <laughs> I guess, I have, so we have to overcome that hurdle and then we'll see how it goes. We'll get there. I learned that as well. That has been, been my difficulty in trying to uh, get my <laughs> wife to play more is because it always ends up being this weird like no i'm not telling you what to do i'm i'm <laughs> dming right now yeah uh, <laughs> which also means i'm telling you what to do but like not <laughs> yeah but not i mean no yeah Somehow. i will go on the record as saying that i think reality television is bad and it should not exist whatever <laughs> i think it's actively hurting our society but you know, I'm, I'm dan, dan do you have the mute button is it handy? <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah. Yeah. Do I will famously I to... <laughs> let Shelly and Christina talk about it. That's the best part. That's the best part of, of reality television for me. I, I want to flip back to something like serious on this topic. You know, I, I think to put a phrase to what you described, like I would consider this kind of a, a brand of imposter syndrome. Yeah. This concern of like, I don't fit the mold. Should I really be here? Everybody around here belongs more than I do. And um, so I'm, I'm in uh, technology focused in machine learning. That That's what I do every day. And a lot of people that I talk to have this same experience, uh, and it's even worse for folks who are most underrepresented in our in our uh, in our community. And we're famously like we're a bunch of white dudes running around. Like that's 
it, it is what it is. And, and we're taking steps like we're actively pushing to hire and we're thinking about, are we doing the right processes? But to talk about the impact of imposter syndrome, it, it's always amazing when you meet somebody who has had that experience that finally convinces them, like, I belong in this community just as much as anybody else. My engagement is valid. Um, I, yeah, I think it, it's cool that you were able to kind of have that moment. And it was something that was able to happen, you know, as part of a pod and you're now able to put a story together. The other thing I'll say is like how many folks are kind of, they, they listen to the podcast every week. They're going to read this book and they see, right. Somebody who belongs in the community and hopefully they can read that and kind of take in to say, okay, I do too. I can engage in this. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think imposter syndrome is pretty common in a lot of stuff like this. I will say like, one of the things I think has gotten better, especially with after 2015, the explosive popularity of D&D is uh, the gatekeeping. Like it's gotten a lot better. Um, I think far too many times, especially in nerd or niche sort of hobbies, there's too much gatekeeping that you have to sp- sit to a specific mold. I mean, as a as a also a video gamer, I can tell you that's a huge issue in the video game community <laughs> that they still are grappling with. But it's nice to see in the D and D community that the gatekeeping is kind of at a minimum. Like I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but it warms my heart how much how welcoming people are to this new hobby because people are like, we knew this was cool all the time and now people are coming. It's great. There's more people to play with now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's been the underlying theme over the last few years where people are excited about so many new people coming into the hobby where you're right. In the past it was like, Oh no, there are new people and they haven't, you know, DM for 55 years. Like I have like that, is, that has gone away in the, uh, because now there's just so many more people to be able to play with and you can create so many different games and something that we talk a lot about how streaming has changed the way people interact with, uh, the hobby and it's a nice way to get into it. And it makes sense, right? Cause you get to people to watch the game and, 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 and you understand how to play it a little bit more if you have no frame of reference. But the thing that I think has really helped them a lot and allowed people to, uh, uh, you know, reduce the gatekeeping that you're talking about, Ash, is that there is this like ideal that kind of is now in front of people where if they watch a show that they love and they, and they uh, gravitate towards the characters and the way people are playing those characters around that table, they might be looking for that. Right. And it may not be possible each time, but if they went in the past, you know, in the eighties, they would have gone to a game store and they would have been like, Oh, this isn't really that fun because of those particular groups just didn't meld with that person's personality. But now people are still like, they, they won't, they won't just bounce off and never play D and D again. They will go and try to find the game that suits the style the play that's good for them because they know it exists because they know it's out there and, and it won't just be like, well, I played D and D once, you know, and, and I didn't like it. People are going to try and, and continue to try and find that and form groups on their own with people who, uh, uh, you know, play the same style that they play and things like that. And I think that's really why streaming has changed uh, so much, but, you know, going back to imposter syndrome, that's one of the things we mentioned here in the book. Uh, one of the first events that I put together uh, up here in Seattle stream of annihilation got a lot of these people who were nascent and hadn't really met before. Like we had uh, 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 Jerry and Tycho from um, 
uh, from Acquisitions Incorporated with uh, people from High Rollers and uh, Mark Humes meeting um, uh, some of the folks from Critical Role all at the same time. Like, and, and there was this big room of people who had some of which I met, but most of them had never met each other before. And it was it was Matthew Mercer who was like, I think this is the biggest group of people <laughs> with imposter syndrome that I've ever seen. He <laughs> <laughs> would say that. Yeah. It's just, it was such a really honest moment. And I think everyone felt validated by everyone else being there and being excited about this game and celebrating, you know, the new stories that we were, that we were spinning and talking about during that weekend and that show. And that, that to me was the solidifying of like, okay, we're doing the right thing. We're, we're bringing, we're bringing people up and elevating them and having this, have this pride of this community being the strength of all the different members within it. Just like a D and D party. Exactly. Absolutely. One, one of the things that I've, I've observed as we've interviewed folks, you know, since the time that we've started this podcast is even when we meet folks and they're creators and they're putting out great content that people enjoy, uh, you know, a, a bit of it is humility, right? Everybody likes to try to be humble, but I think there's always a sincere, like, yeah, you know, I write content and there's, you know, there's, there are people who read it, but like, I'm not a creator like everyone else in the community who feels the exact same way. And folks, I guess the biggest thing I've taken away from this is that when folks first start trying to create content and putting it out, or when they first start engaging with a community, you know, most folks find like that was actually the scariest part is putting something out there the first time or putting yourself out there the first time, you know, I guess towards that for, let's say I'm an aspiring podcaster. I think I have something to say that's interesting um, or I, I want to get into writing. I want to get into this content creation. You know, do you have advice to share folks who have about to hit their 400th podcast and publish, uh, you know, how many books do we have between you? Uh, did you not hear Dragon Talk's origin story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem is I can't count. So that's the... the... <laughs> make it until you make it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it goes back to create, create the content that you would want to consume yourself. Like you, and I think if you're passionate about what you're talking about and what you're doing and what, what you're putting out there, that is the number one thing that's going to shine through. People are going to be able to pick up on that. And, and I think that's the biggest, you have to be your own fan there Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And I would say, find the people that are around you who are creating similar stuff and make it a point to lift them up. Right. I don't, you don't necessarily have to enter into you know, kind of a, a mentor relationship or anything like that, but just, you know, find your smaller community around you and, and allow them to be your support. Right. I think that's a lot of things. People think they have to go it on their own or is this idea of there being the auteur or the, you know, the lonely artist who's creating podcasts in a vacuum. Like, no, you, you are a part of something you have to, you know, by definition, a podcast is, is conversation and, and community. And so I think, lean on that and don't be afraid uh or or um you know don't don't feel nervous just engaging it doesn't have to even asking for help or advice it just has to be like hey how's it going we we i do the same thing you do cool let's talk later on and then <laughs> and then that relationship can build on its own you know that's what i i mean when we were doing dragon talk that was a big uh part of the beginning of it was just getting out there asking questions and and shooting some of those those high flyers of like maybe you want to talk to us i don't know if you will or not i mean we many of the people we asked said no early on and then they started to say yes and that's the part of the, <laughs> you know it, it it snowballs into uh momentum and and you, it starts by uh identifying the people around you who are doing the same thing you're doing awesome i i wanted to call this out so for folks who maybe don't listen to dragon talk on the regular there's a lot of 
uh, I guess, great content that comes as part of this. So I'm, I'm going to name a couple things and maybe we could talk through like, okay, wh- what is this? Why do folks, why should folks be listening? So Sage Advice. Mm. I love Sage Advice. We haven't done any of them in a while, uh, mostly just due to the pandemic and not being in the same building as Jeremy Crawford. But I love talking to him. He is, uh, he's just got such a, a great public speaking way about him where you can ask him, you know, obviously he loves D and D. So like you ask him anything about D and D and he's like, well, actually, and then he'll go and like, <laughs> give you all the context, then why, you know, they made the design design decisions they did. And then what he's thinking about, you know, for the future. So I always loved having those, um, uh, segments with him because we would plan for 20 minutes. We'd be like, Oh, we'll do this. And this will be a quick one. It'll be five minutes long. And it ends up being 45 minutes long. And none of us <laughs> knew we were like, Oh my gosh, that was great. I could just listen to you talk forever, Jeremy. So that was where that came from was the idea that he had done sage advice as a column, uh, where he would be answering questions about the rules and how to interpret them in specific situations, usually identifying corner cases. And so those segments are still, I think, really useful now uh, for uh, people who are playing fifth edition to be like, oh, how does how does Wild Shape work? Go look up at the sage advice on Wild Shape and, and the the man himself will tell you. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Lore, you should know. I, I'm answering these because I, I came up with a lot of these segments. So yep. uh, sorry, people <laughs> jump in. But I really loved... Um, the uh, storytelling lore that is behind Dungeons and Dragons. When I came to Wizards, though, I knew a lot more about Greyhawk. I didn't know very much about Forgotten Realms. I'd, you know, maybe I think I'd read the Waterdeep, the, uh, the crisis novels that are set in Waterdeep Sojourn. I actually forgotten until I was talking to uh, to Matt Cernet and Chris Perkins, and I was like, oh, "Wait a second! Oh, I read that when I was like twelve, and I didn't remember that, that <laughs> this is going to be important going forward." Um, but that was uh, inspired by the podcast stuff you should know, uh, which takes topics and you know gives an hour long kind of talk on 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 why uh, they're exciting or interesting. And I was like, well, I, we can adapt this very much for 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 the story lore that is behind um, some of the parts of the Forgotten Realms and learning about Candlekeep and you know monsters and where they their origin was and having the people like Matt Cernan and Chris Perkins who have this encyclopedic knowledge of, of D and D locked up in the neurons of their brain. It was easy for them. They didn't really have to prepare too much. Uh, I could just be like, Hey, tell me about, you know, Elminster and, and what he's like. And they would be like, Oh yeah, well this, 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 and this. And I just loved um, peppering them with questions as the everyman. I tried to put myself as the, uh, the person who wouldn't know anything or come in with any preconceived notions and, and, and kind of interview them to get out all the nuggets that they had locked up in their, in their brain neurons. Super fun. All right. And then there's one more that I want to ask about, and there's one more I want to ask about the adventures of drunky two shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. This is a, uh, where did we start? Oh, you made the character for a campaign that Bart was running. That's where Junkie Tushu's character started. See, no, no. (laughs) No, Daryl Tushu's. That is not correct. (laughs) I believe it was Nathan Stewart that was running this campaign. Oh, I think it was his. I thought it was the one we were playing. Oh, maybe it was. With- oh no, you're right. We were in Chult. We were. It was Tomb of yeah. Annihilation. Okay, right. he's, he's, he's Daryl right. famously being the litter mate of yes. Drunky Two Shoes. Yeah. Yes. So yes, <laughs> I wanted to be a Tabaxi, and I, and I read that Tabaxi have very strange, colorful names, and like you guys are 
are you Seattle people? You're in the Boston. Randall somebody... was. Okay. We, <laughs> formerly well, Seattle. Once, once in future, I think is the. Well, there's <laughs> there's a very uh, well known barbecue uh, re- establishment that's called Drunky Two Shoes. And I drove by it one day and I'm like, that's a great name. <laughs> what could I use that on? <laughs> so that. I just, it was like, just fits perfectly with a tabaxi. And I don't know if Greg was just needed a character or what, but somehow we decided to be litter mates or maybe you wanted to be a tabaxi too. And I forced you to be my sibling. <laughs> and then no i think i chose i think we're just like oh that's hilarious i love i love douches. and i was thinking like daryl like uh, uh um larry daryl and daryl yeah from newhart right like daryl and this is my other brother daryl yeah uh, <laughs> perfect that's my brother, my brother daryl yeah. yes and i love that yeah, like as a tabaxi like he's his name is daryl okay <laughs> did you ever find the second daryl <laughs> Yeah, Ooh. one day we will. One day, that's oh, the search. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that raises the question: like, nice. whoever named you is uh, Drunky the unfortunate name, or is Daryl the unfortunate? Name? I mean, I think for a Tabaxi, I think it's Daryl. That's <laughs> <laughs> not accepted. Yeah. Least awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or he renamed himself. I don't know. There's a lot about Daryl we don't know because. There's even more about away. the other brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got maybe. I love the idea of there being another Daryl. Oh man, we could have played with that with the whole doppelganger. But, uh, this whole uh, thing makes sense now. This whole entire storyline. <laughs> Randall <laughs> solved it. There's there's opportunity. That's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, and that segment came about because we are famously bad at ending a podcast. I don't know if you guys have experienced that too, but it's a little bit like, <laughs> all right, we're done all. now. Okay, Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. That's we just stare at each other and eventually I'm like, whoop. <laughs> we did it. We did yeah. a podcast. I literally say that sometimes. Yeah. It's sometimes the best way. Like just get yeah. like a catchphrase or something that just signals to everyone we're done. Um and we've experimented with several over the last, you know, seven years here. And then we came up with the idea, like, oh, let's just do like a quick little session like you know it'll be a minute long and of course they end up sometimes being five ten minutes long yeah uh, but it was just a nice way to get some D play into it and you know the idea actually i was also a little bit inspired by another gimlet podcast uh called reply all that had their credits play and then there was this series i don't know like i want to maybe like 30 episodes where it was this ongoing like radio play was at the end of each episode and i just i always waited until the end of the uh the credits and i was like oh i got this little bit of storyline that is continuing over episodes even though the episodes themselves didn't have anything to do with with this uh storyline and i was like oh maybe uh, we can do something similar and then it just became this fun way to to kind of end it in a way that felt very D &D like awesome all right, so welcome to Dragon Talk. Pre-orders are available right now, unless yeah. it's the future, and then it's just orders. Go get them. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's available December 5th, 2022. Is that date right? Yes. Wherever fine books are sold? Yes. Yeah. And even other books? On, yes. Uh, the University of Iowa Press website is great. Uh, obviously, you know, get it from the source, but, you know, order it from your local bookstore, uh, if you must order it through uh, the uh, 
commerce website that's named after a rainforest. You may do so as well. Um, but yes. the good thing about pre-ordering, though, we just found this out, is that you can actually get the book a, a little bit earlier than December yeah. 5th. December 5th is a publication oh. date. But if you pre-order, they're, they're, they're ready to ship those out uh, yep. almost as soon a as month they early. Nice. Okay. And they'll also be an audiobook, which is oh. narrated by us. Oh, that's fantastic. That's actually really awesome. Okay. Are we supposed to say that? Is that okay to say? We said it. Yeah. Whatever. We're Uh, we're breaking all the rules. (laughs) We can edit it out later if need be. It's so great because it's a podcast about a book about a podcast that's also a podcast book. It would have been weird. It would have been weird to have other people narrate. All right. (laughs) That definitely hasn't happened on one of your books, Shelley. (laughs) Definitely hasn't. Um. uh, I'm still annoyed by that. (laughs) (laughs) She was very good. No, like it never occurred to anyone. And I look at one point was like, how do you get to read like a book, like your own book? It's like my thoughts, but whatever, whatever, whatever. That's a different story. (laughs) You you need a a reading uh, certificate to show that you can read the book that you wrote. I know she did. She did a very good job though. I just found it really weird. Do you think you'd get the tone of your own words right? I am TBD. We'll see. (laughs) Perfect. I guess I just Uh, assume most writers just don't want to read their own book (laughs) for for recording. Maybe. I think it's different, you know, talent sets, right? Like some people are very good at voice acting. Some people are not. Uh, Shelly just happens to be one who's very, very good at (laughs) C3PO. <laughs> it's almost in the podcast. You have to do it now. Like, <laughs> it so long. Remember, it's a shirt. I don't know. It's been too long. Well, <laughs> I think we did it. I think we made a podcast. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh dear. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rusty. Oh, wait, I have to show you. Wait, like, like the. Oh, that's flawless. <laughs> it's great. It's what? perfect. There he is. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> she has a prop. <laughs> that's how you know this is good audio. Right? We have physical props. Yep. There yep. you go. Every <laughs> good podcast needs visuals. Yes. Yeah. This, uh... <laughs> there's there's it... more good advice for you. This podcast went off the rails real quick. (laughs) It's fine. We'll put a picture of C-3PO in the show notes. Yes. (laughs) They will know for sure. Well, and then you can find out everything about the book uh, from from our our Twitter handles, right? Like we can – can we plug those? Is that all right? Absolutely. Yeah, do it. Um, well, I'm at Greg Tito uh, and on Twitter, and then on Instagram, it's at Greg underscore Tito. You <laughs> mentioned the the T uh, the Star Trek Next Generation podcast. I'm doing that. It's called Reengage. We're in season four now. We're just recording episodes for the beginning of that. We have uh, lots more to come. There's three or four more seasons uh, in there, and then I just made a short film. Um, it's called Ex Husband. It won't be uh, where you can see anytime soon, but I'm just excited because we're doing post-production and I'm looking at like rough cuts and adding uh, in music uh, tracks to the short film. So it's really exciting. And I can't wait to tell you all more about that when it's viewable. Awesome. Awesome. And so we'll follow you on Twitter to find out these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mine not that exciting. I don't have short <laughs> films, but I'm at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. You can go to my website too, ShellyMazanoble.com, and you can read some real juicy uh, bachelor recaps. You can read things about 
a time when my son tried to put a silver dollar up his butt. Oh, <laughs> my God. Kids, man. <laughs> Things like that. Like, before Quality. he's, before he's old enough to, like, say, hmm, what's on this website of my mom's? And then gets a lawyer yeah. and sues me. So read it, no, read it before it, it is forced to come down. I, I blame, I blame uh, Big Child's Piggy Bank for this problem. But that's a, you know, I guess that's probably yeah. another pod. <laughs> all right you so have, you we have will... a fancy website shelly that's with really classy content and i don't have that it's so, so classy <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of one to ten <laughs> all right and we will have links uh to all of those socials the websites in the show notes so if you're thinking you're listening it's like i want to read or see some of that content <laughs> and i don't want to read and see other some of that content you'll have choices Nobody's forcing you to read anything. Just putting what it out there. Silver dollar, though. Like, I mean, why? How can you not? It was available. It? it was available. I got, yeah, it a was penny or a know. dime would have been probably a better choice. I mean, it was. Like, <laughs> Do you think there was that much logic that went into this process? <laughs> like, I know. It's, <laughs> thank God it wasn't. I'm like, then we really would have had a problem. <laughs> 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 other kids are just out there putting erasers up their nose but not my kid no he's special <laughs> yep he's saving very, very special <laughs> yeah i i talk about making delicious sausage on my website also beer i talk a lot about beer oh and golf. do you brew your own beer i do brew my own beer oh i that was about um, that not your best transition, Randall. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> here? All right. <laughs> I thought that would stay on this topic. I know. <laughs> I it, was, it was the opposite. We're going to. No, we're done. We're the, the, cut, the cut and the stay on the topic are very similar. I will. That is my one bit of feedback. Okay, no, I'll write that down. I'll put it in. That is good feedback. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find affiliate links for sourcebooks and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. Waving at yeah, this. Why are they doing this? What is this, man? <laughs>